Hello again. Welcome to another edition of the Brattlecast, the celebrated podcast that talks about books, rare, old, and out of print, with, of course, the proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop in Boston, Mr. Ken Gloss. I'm Jordan Rich with Ken, and uh, always fun to have you here. And it's good to have you here because you're on the road so much with the Antiques Roadshow, PBS show these days. <laughs> well, they, they mostly do the uh, taping May through June. So, yeah, those, those uh, months are really hectic. And uh, the rest of the year, they do the work. They do the editing. They do putting the show together. So you're on hiatus for uh, uh, 10 months. On, <laughs> on hiatus, although they're trying a few other things. So we stay in touch with everybody, and that's, that's a lot of fun. Well, we thought you, we'd ask you about some of your favorite memories of recent shows and past shows. Uh, people ask you this all the time. You know, what do you recall incidentally happened that made a, an impact on you? So... The floor is yours, my friend. Well, also, too, we encourage people to call in or email or uh, get in touch if they have some questions that they want a show to be done. And this one's come up a few times. What What are some of the, the appraisals you've done there that sort of really stand out that, that you like or the most fun? Or there's a couple of them that are sort of unusual. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, but but when you get to the ones that, that I enjoyed the most. Um, yeah. The one of the first ones is people. Uh, a, a woman came in and she got to the folk art table because she had a box, an old box, beautifully done, painted, and um, and the folk art people looked at it and thought it was nice, but it wasn't so good that and there wasn't enough to talk about to put it on television. But when they opened up the box, in the bottom of the box was a bunch of papers. And they looked at some of the papers and they go, gee, this looks interesting. There's some letters from the Civil War and so on. So the folk art appraiser, when we do this sometimes at the roadshow, will bring it over to me and say, you know, she got sent to folk art, but maybe there's something in this. So the lady, I take out the letter and it's a distant, distant relative at this point because it's Civil War. Man was in the hospital in Washington. And he was sick. He had diarrhea. He had dysentery, dysentery now, but he's had diarrhea. He wrote a four-page letter home saying, I'm not feeling well. I hope I'm getting better. Um, I Please send letters. I love it when you write about it. And, and then he was mentioning different people. So sort of a very typical letter that you'd send home. And you're reading through it and you say, this is nice, but it's nothing really special. There are many of them. You turn over to the last page of the letter. You see his name there. And then in the little parentheses, it says, written by his friend, Walt Whitman. Mm. So Walt Whitman had volunteered. But here's a letter that is all handwritten. Walt Whitman volunteered in these hospitals to people either who were too sick or who couldn't write. They were illiterate. Now, unfortunately, the guest told me that he died a couple of weeks later, the dysentery. The a soldier. Soldier died a few weeks later. But I'm looking at this letter. It's four pages in Walt Whitman's handwriting that they didn't – one of the – let me diverge a little. One of the th things with the Antiques Roadshow that happens is for something to get on TV, not only does it have to be an interesting item with a story, but the person mm. has to know, not know everything there is about it. A lot of times people bring things in and it's it's a great item and it's valuable, but 
they have a stack of research they've done, and it's like, wait a minute, you know more about this than I do. <laughs> and, and since the way this came in, you knew immediately that they didn't know anything. Well, that because... was my question for you, Ken. Did the woman know that she had a Walt Whitman penned letter or, or well, not? Well, she knew that it came from the, the family, uh, but she didn't think it was anything special. In other oh, words, okay. that's why it was in the bottom of the box. Uh, she th- brought it along. She said just that it would so- show the age. And uh, what she didn't realize is, first of all, those letters are incredibly rare. If you get a letter back in the 1860s, 70s, 80s from Walt Whitman and you knew Walt Whitman, they're the type of letter that you put aside. You put it in a file cabinet. You put it in a file. Just like if you got a letter in the Boston area from John Kennedy mm. and so on, you tended to save them. You knew who he was and, and you put them aside. But these letters that he was writing home – as far as most of the people knew, they were getting a letter from their relative, their friend, their son, and probably the large portion of them had no clue who Walt Whitman was. Right. They weren't uh, literate as they are today in terms of society. Many people didn't even have access to books. So, yeah, that's a pretty interesting story. So I'm looking at a letter, and, and to myself, I didn't know the, all the details of how rare these were, but I said, this has to be a real letter. So it was fun because the lady was great when we interviewed her. Uh, the story was fabulous. Uh, the letter was worth about two or three times what some Walt Whitman letters would be worth. And we got just got a great reaction. And, and it was fun because she enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The, the, she showed a lot of emotion when she found out exactly what it was and how rare it was. All right. So what? Is a letter from Walt Whitman worth give or take? Uh, that type of letter is worth probably ten to fifteen thousand mm. dollars, and I found out later that there's only about four or five of them that are known because most of them got thrown away. Other Walt Whitman letters there are plenty, mm. but these that he wrote from the hospital, living history, living history, beautiful and, story. Uh, so that was one. A few years ago, actually. It just was they showed a repeat of this one i was in new jersey and um a woman had written or they or this the son of a woman and she was in poland during world war ii she was jewish and she got sent to one of the in prison it was not one of the Terrible camps like Dachau and so on, mm-hmm. but she got sent to a work camp. Basically, mm-hmm. she was in slave labor. Mm-hmm. Labor, mm-hmm. but she's. What I didn't realize is they could send notes and letters and postcards home. So she sent this postcard back to her family in Poland, who at the time were still there, and it was just she was trying to make things not seem so bad to them. And she was asking about this person, that person. She was talking about the work she was doing. She was trying to not upset her family back home. The other thing that this man had was he had the blouse that she wore in the prison camp. Now, it wasn't one of these striped blouses. It was something that she was making clothes. That was her job. And she would take little pieces of the... uh, scraps and she made a blouse to it. So she had the Mm. blouse she wore. She had this letter. And 
she at one point uh, was working there, and, and it came out a little in the letter, and the man who, who was her son uh, explained a little that uh, she had gotten the job and stayed there, and she was actually one of the did a lot of work there. Uh, they got taken out once or twice. A few of the guards were fairly nice, and they had some pictures of her with the guards, and the faces of the guards were cut off. And he said the reason she they cut all those off, if the Nazis were found out that some of the guards were being nice to some of the prisoners, mm. even just they would have been severely punished or imprisoned. So you, you realize you see these little things. A, another part of that was at one point the they asked the head of the prison to – he had to cut back on his staff. And, of course, you know what that meant, that what would happen. And she volunteered to be cut back. Hmm. And the uh, the head of the prison said to her, no, you go – work on those machines. We need people there. And she goes, I don't know how to work on them. He says, make sure you look like you're busy and know what you're doing. Mm, And that's how she survived the war. She survived that war. So you had, and the other thing, she was 16 years old Mm. at the time. And I did this appraisal. The man who was her son expressed it all very, very well. But I'm doing this appraisal. I have two daughters and I cannot imagine when they were 16. If they had to send a postcard like that to me or I had to receive a post like – usually the Antiques Roadshow, the idea is the person, you tell them what it is and they get emotional. And I had a really hard time holding back tears. I can understand that. And it, it, it's so interesting uh, when it com- comes to World War II memorabilia or stories or books or ideas. There's never an end to the – the round of stories and the round of tales. And that's one that I never knew they could actually send yeah. post outside of those camps. Well, I, neither did I. And, wow. and uh, fortunately, it was translated because right. <laughs> I couldn't read. But one of the real difficult parts also about this appraisal, I knew that I had something that was very important, very emotional, very... But the idea of the Antiques Roadshow is you put a price on it. How do you put a price on that? Well, how do you put a price on something like that and still and not seem totally insensitive to it? Mm. And I actually had talked to some of the other appraisers at other times about things like this. First of all, they said the fact that the blouse was there makes it a lot more valuable because in a museum, it's visual. And they said – if you don't put a price on this, then people tend not to value it. If you don't value it, you don't keep it. If you don't keep it, it's not there to teach the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. So they say you have to put a value to it in in our society. So in a, in a sense, you're offering it uh, protection and value beyond just the price. You know that it's going to be – kept in good stead. And I would imagine museums, Holocaust museums, would be a, a source for Yes, and I also knew, and I also knew that the family who had this, that was their intention. Right. It, it wasn't to try to put it up on eBay or something, which, of course, eBay won't accept things like that. Correct. But 
it wasn't the idea, okay, we're going to cash in on our mother's blows from the – they wanted it to go. And one of the reasons they wanted to bring it, they brought it to the Antiques Roadshow. They were hoping they'd get selected to bring the story out so that people would know and appreciate it and so on. So – but it was the only appraisal I've ever done where I've had to literally – I started saying, what if – what of my daughters? Mm. And I had a whole back tears. Brings, brings it all to the <laughs> front when you think about it. And, yeah, and it, these are real people that this happened to, it, not just yeah. figures in history. So, you know, that one, the, the Walt Whitman, and then there was uh, one more, that, well, two more that I'll, I'll tell. There was one that I did a few years ago. I was, it was in Sarasota, Florida. Man brought in a photograph. Um, and uh, it was a fo- uh. it was a photograph inscribed by the author, by the photographer, to his assignment editor at the Herald. I know you're going to describe it. Well, it's it's the uh-huh. the title of the uh, photograph is called "Soiling Old Glory," right? And it's a 1970s busing crisis in Boston, just outside of City Hall. And there was a, a black man walking. I remember his wa- name. Ted, Ted Land- Landsmark. Ted Landsmark. An attorney. Walk- yeah. Well, and walking in one direction, and there was a busing demonstration going from the city hall to the courthouse in another direction. And the Louise Day Hicks and a few of the um, speakers there riled up the crowd a lot. And a lot of them were teenagers, kids. Hmm. When he, when Ted Landsmark walked by, a couple of the kids grabbed him, punched him, but then there was another one that had an American flag with a spirit on the end, the the eagle, and literally caught. They caught the picture of him going at the black man being held back with the American flag. Now Stanley Foreman, who was the photographer for this, he had won a Pulitzer Prize the year before. He won a Pulitzer Prize for this. Uh, photograph. So he won two Pulitzer Prizes for news photos. and But the real uh, thing about this, it's it's such an emotional and it's literally one of those pictures worth a thousand words. Mm. But I knew Stanley Foreman or I know Stanley Foreman. Mm. I mean, usually when you're appraising <laughs> at the Antiques Roadshow, you're appraising something that's a hundred, two, three, five hundred years old. You don't have that association with it. Two or three months later, we were at a mutual person's uh, funeral, and who sits behind me is Stanley Foreman, the photographer. And I turned around. I said, Stanley, I appraised one of your photographs at the Antiques Roadshow. And his first thing was, what do you appraise it for? And I told him it was about $3,000. It's not enough. Hmm. should be worth a lot more. He, he was joking with You're, me. You, you passed along a book called The Soiling of Old Glory, the story of a photographer, a story of a photograph that shocked America by Louis Mazur, M-A-S-U-R. I just flipped to the back to find out whatever happened, not to Ted Landsmark, but to the man who held the flag and did yeah. that dastardly deed. His name was Rakes, I believe, Joseph yeah. Rakes. And it does tell the story of where he ended up. And he yeah. ended up in jail and then he ended up in construction and um, in 2001, it says here, uh, the picture was being re-released and he told his construction colleagues, some of whom were black, not to be shocked. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's, it's amazing how many lives were changed by that photograph. Well, one, but then there's a, one addition to that story. Yeah. 
Antiques Roadshow liked it enough that what they did is they actually reached out to Stanley Foreman, they reached out to Ted Landsmark, they reached out to me, and we went to the site right outside of Boston City Hall, just at the end of Washington Street, and they did an, an additional segment interviewing Ted Landsmark, Stanley Foreman, myself. It's the first time I've ever done anything on Antiques Roadshow where I actually was personally knew what was going on. Well, when you think about it, that picture said so much about the times, but also painted Boston as this racist town, racist city, and it stuck, sadly, for decades. It still does. And if you look at this photograph, it's, it's horrendous. But I got to sit and listen to the two of them describe how the photograph got taken, Ted Landsmark, and uh, his view. and uh, So dramatic. It, 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 dramatic. It, that was about a year later. But I could, they, it turned out on the Antiques Roadshow about a five-minute piece. Mm. They were interviewed for two and a half hours, and I could have sat there for five <laughs> hours listening to them back and forth. You said there was one more story you wanted to share. Well, there, there was one more, um, and this actually, I was there, but my wife, for a year or so, did some appraisals. And I always use it as the example, when you're doing appraisals for people, there are some people you can never make happy. In other words, you do hundreds of people are happy. Lincoln there said at, it best. Well, indeed. actually, it involves him. <laughs> uh, and there's some, a lady comes in. This didn't make it to TV, by the way. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll start off that way. All right. 99% of what's brought in Cutting room floor. doesn't make it. Well, it didn't even make it to camera. <laughs> okay. uh, lady comes in. She has a book. She goes, this, I have a book. It's signed by A. Lincoln. And my wife, because people are waiting in line and they've gotten this and they're excited. And my wife looks at it and, uh, and she says, it is signed by A. Lincoln, just not the A. Lincoln we both <laughs> want it to be. And the lady goes, how can you tell? You know, very aggressively. My wife turns to the title page and says, well, the first clue is this book was printed in 1915. And the lady goes, so? <laughs> <laughs> and my wife goes, well, when I went to school, I heard, you know, I was taught that he was assassinated. Yeah, Lincoln. but his ghost is alive in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> well, you know, so. and, and the lady slammed the book shut and said, you don't know what you're talking about and stormed off. And you just have to realize that once in a while uh, you can't make everybody happy. But in a way, that makes a, as good a story as any with oh, the Oh, I, I absolutely love it. And the dates don't lie. That's the beauty of the books. You can always check the copyright and know where you are. Exactly. Well, this goes without saying. The Antiques Roadshow has been a part of your career for many, many years and many more trips and travels to come. So can we count on you for more stories? Well, I there's one coming up. Uh, they won't let us really talk about what appraisals. They're done about six or eight months ahead of time. But this coming season... In Santa Fe, I did a, an appraisal with somebody. Now, hopefully it will make it. They won't cut it. They'll edit it. But watch watch my appraisals in Santa Fe. That's all, it's ten, one of my favorites. Are you in a 10-gallon hat with spurs? No, I'm not in a 10-gallon <laughs> hat and spurs. But the, the guest had 
some fabulous, fabulous stories and revelations about things in Santa Fe. And it's one of my favorites. And hopefully it doesn't end up on the cutting room floor. Not if you're involved, my friend. Not <laughs> if you're involved. Remember, it's BrattleBookshop.com. And we love the fact that people are asking questions and having us take requests for topics. And this was a great one. Ken, thank you as always. Well, thank you. And I hope it gets across, but I really enjoyed them. <laughs> 